here. What do you want? I'm intrigued. I made some big Yori plays that, you know, just teleport right into hell. It's good stuff. That's all, yeah, that's the El Clasico. But El Clasico works, like, Omen teleport, uh, Omen ult to heaven, all, always. They still they still have to deal with it, yeah. whether they know you're there or not. Yeah, and if your team pushes on them, then they're, which way are you looking, you know? Exactly. Pros never do that, that sort of El Clasico. But I would think that it would be, it would be effective. I always feel like there's a... Like pros, it's like post postmodern. Yeah, you know? like po- like pros get used to certain things. They're like, no, it never worked. Like, because because day one was like Omen teleports, he goes to heaven, and you get shot, and you're like, where'd he go? What he teleported to heaven? And then day two is like, whenever there's a teleport, you're like, you directly all look at heaven. Um, but at some point, you got to start doing that again. I know. Or my favorite thing to do is smoke off the back area and then teleport, but don't go there. So they think, well, he must be in that smoke, you know? Yeah. And then you're pulling that attention and then you just, you're somewhere else. It's almost like having six members on your team. It's exactly like that. Video games. For the week of. Let me, let me rip it and rip it. It's, it's April the 2nd. Be with you. It's Damn, re- we missed we, April Fool's Day. We survived Day. April's Fool's Day. You see any good April Fool's? No. So here's a good April Fool's. I... <laughs> All right. Oh, why are you I... laughing at me? Okay. Because I was in the middle of working. Like I, I was in the middle of doing what I'm always doing, which is I'm, I'm working, but I'm on Discord. I'm doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm working on some Viper smoke lineups, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm working it out with Discord and Galloway, and I said I'm, I'm working on the smokes in this video, and I send it, and he's like, I didn't see it, but maybe I can get an idea of what you're doing. And I was like, oh, okay. And then later on, you know, more people are in the Discord, and I saw the Valorant April Fools jokes, and I'm like, hey guys, did you see this yet? And then I I sent I sent out the link, and they're like, we don't see what you're talking about. And it turns out that in both of these cases, I sent both links to my boss. Bo- both the lineups? Both links. I sent the lineups to my boss, and then I sent the patch notes to my boss. Nice. Yeah. And your and your boss was like, I gotta get into I, this. And then I said, <laughs> and then I said, oops, sorry. And then my boss said, that was great. And I said, those are meant for another chat with friends where we're sharing the April Fool's jokes we found. And she said, I forgot. Happy April Fools. And I think I'll remember that for the rest of my life. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like kind of so like I sent the first one like 10 minutes earlier and she didn't say anything. Or do you think that she was just reading the passion notes like this has surely this has some relevance? Well, the first one was was smoke lineups it was a YouTube video of smoke lineups for Viper. Yeah, I wonder what. And I told people, and I told the chat that I did this, and people were like, "I don't believe you prove it." And then I sent the picture of the Slack chat, and people were like, "Oh, okay, so that's real." So that, Wait, how, that's but you, where. But so you sent it in a different. You sent it in Slack and not Discord. That's right. Hmm. So that's where Do you I'm think about at. how. That's where I'm at, like mentally, this week. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, how how does that happen exactly? Like, wouldn't you? Would doesn't Slack look different than Discord? No. Well, the problem is, is that I have Slack and Discord both on nighttime mode, okay. which I realize now is a huge mistake. I don't really and know I what Slack probably, looks like, though. Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks a lot like Discord. All right. 
and especially when it's in nighttime mode. So now that I'm saying this out loud, I think what I'm going to do is immediately change Slack off of nighttime mode so that I have those, you know, I, I don't want there to ever be confusion for me. Never again. No confusion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I used to really like uh, April Fool's Day I, when when I was big into just reading about James games journalism, James journalism, uh, and I was just reading Joystick all the time. Uh, I was always excited for April first. Uh, like it was, it's it was it's such a big holiday in video games for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like everyone does like fake patch notes or does like a fake like video or a fake update or like stuff like that um uh, i know like valorant got fake patch notes uh overwatch did i think overwatch has done this before but like the um play of the game has like googly eyes on the characters so stuff like that um i used to really love that kind of stuff but now it's just like it feels so it it, it, a decade ago it felt so so funny and uh, uh like irreverent and now it's just like coming up to april fools is like all right what are they gonna do they have to do something. They know they got to do something. It doesn't always feel that genuine. You know what I mean? I mean, I still think it's, I, I still like the, I still like, I think Valorant did a good job. Did you see the, uh, the matte black collection? Yes. I mean, I, I think all the, I thought all that stuff was good. They had the dating sim. Uh, I mean, there were some other cool Turning things. Cypher into a camera that just holds a gun. Yeah. There's some good references to the weird history of Valorant. Yeah. So, so I, I dug that. Uh, so that was my April Fool's Day. I've been playing a lot of video games. You've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, let you know. Let's talk about the the Monster Hunter. Tis the season. The Monster Hunter in let's the room. Monster Hunter Rise, because I know everyone's coming to this podcast. The Legombi in the room. Monster Hunter Rise. So we are we are two different minds on Monster Hunter because I play all of them and I like all of them. And you're more of a, a fair weather Monster Hunter fan, where you play it but you don't get as deep into it. But we both picked up. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I've been playing it a lot, so I've been, I've been playing it a lot. I'm not I'm not too far ahead because in true Monster Hunter fashion, I am mostly hunting the fashion. So I'm mostly just collecting a lot of the sets. I'm trying out different weapons to see what I like. It seems that the more you use certain weapons, you're unlocking new skills for those weapons. Uh, so I've been poking around a little bit with that, building some sets. Uh, and uh, I'm digging it. What are your What are your initial thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise so far? Uh, I really, really like it. I I, I do have a history with the series. Um, I I had started playing by I think like the second or so one that came over and might have been for like PSP or something. I believe that's Maybe true. Monster Hunter Freedom Unite or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so I I I started playing them pretty early, and I might have missed a, a couple of titles, especially like some of the uh, handheld ones. I uh, the one that I played the most of was World, and I got up to the c- kind of like final story boss, the um the large mountainous boss. That uh, is not the final story boss. That's not okay. Um, that's well, about halfway through. All right, so I did that. Um, and this is a this is a really really good monster hunter. I'm I'm really happy that they took the some of the things that they've learned from world because I, I i hope that they would never go back to it first and foremost um the older monster hunters uh had this there there was they were so gamey and uh the the areas of the map were these kind of small little um just ri- like fighting rings 
just little like areas that were kind of just made to fight and usually didn't have a ton of personality and then they were split up between loads loading zones and that was kind of weird um and there also there's like pretty much nothing in those worlds they're just basically like there's some honey some bones and uh little monsters and the big monster you're hunting um and with world i think that they made a huge stride forward by making one contiguous map um and adding a lot more like verticality and climbing uh making the zones feel a lot more uh unique and that there would be more kind of cool uh ad hoc moments that come from uh the environments being a little bit more like diverse and having a little bit more depth to them and this is i guess the first monster hunter game after world and they have done away with the the loading screens and have made a contiguous world yeah and it's and it and the load times in general are very very minuscule yeah uh this is this is a switch exclusive it is hard locked to 30 frames a second i haven't seen it drop below 30 frames a second so i I do think that the biggest knock against this is that it, it, it is a switch exclusive so and it is a switch game i will say that for a switch game it looks fantastic but i do have to put that caveat on it right like it for a switch game yeah i I think that this is probably the best looking switch game like in terms of how they're pushing that hardware though i would disagree um i would only disagree because uh maybe i would say that odyssey is a better looking game or breath of the wild because they nintendo knows how to use their uh lower spec hardware and just have yeah mario odyssey Oh, okay. Like that that is a to to me that is a much better looking game that uh like th- there's nothing about it. It it it'll look great in 10 20 years because they have an art style that is a little bit more cartoony and, and, and clean and colorful that doesn't uh kind of go for that photorealistic look. So this looks a little weird going from world to this because not only the the 30 frames thing but trying to make it look a little bit more realistic like doesn't always work and some of the textures are a little bit money I, I would expect that i'm not like i'm not complaining um and to the 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 frame rate thing i have also noticed that there's like there hasn't been any dip even when there's multiple big monsters or little monsters on the screen i've noticed it's pretty I hard it, i put in four man multiplayer uh and everyone had the pets because you still get like a, a pet with you in multiplayer uh, and there were no dips, so that was pretty surprising. Uh, so yeah, there are pets. Obviously, there are always pets. This time, you do get a dog and a cat, and you can ride around on the dog. That feels pretty cool, especially since the game is so fast that it is pretty cool that you also have this really quick way of traveling across land. Uh, you could dress the dogs up. You could dress the cats up, as usual. But I will also say uh, that the armor and weapons in this game... Uh, just look better than in world Uh, one of the biggest criticisms that people had in world is that the specifically the weapons uh didn't have a lot of aesthetic variety to them and i think that that is pretty much totally rectified yeah i would would definitely say totally the opposite the the weapons and the armor in this game uh do look fantastic you get to play out a lot of like different aesthetic fantasies uh even early on where like there's the ragi set where you get to dress up as like a cowboy and like you could make your palico like a little bandito with a guitar. Uh, you could get a bow from the Ragi that like it, it, it's folded up and it looks like a revolver that sits on your back and then you unfold it and it's this like gun bow. It's very cool. 
Uh, yeah, like the first, the the very first thing that I made was the not the baggy, um, the other kind of uh, like the scythe kind of. Um, I think okay. it's a, a level. I forget if it's a level one or two star hunt, like a big raptory kind of guy. And it's one of the first weapons I made, a charge blade. And the blade for it is like this kind of hook. It lo- almost looks like uh, Titus's like brotherhood from Final Fantasy X. Uh, so it already starting out with um, a lot more than just kind of like a palette swap with some feathers or something that you kind of expect from maybe some of the old mo- monster hunters. I, th- I think that they have definitely stepped up uh, on that end to the to the the pets thing. The, the, this is a much faster moving monster hunter. And I think people will really like that, uh, and I I feel like they know that they did really well with world and that a lot more people have their eye on the on the the series so they did away with some of the really obnoxious hassles that i, that I think i'm glad i'm just glad i would i would wonder like what your opinion is on this kind of stuff but there used to be this shit like paintball like doing the paintball like the monsters would uh in in the monster Hunter series you you like i said it, the way it used to be was that every area was kind of sectioned off with a loading screen and you'd go and try and find the monster and then when you found the monster you'd fight it a little bit and at some point the monster would just leave but before it leave you'd want to throw a paintball and then the paintball would put them uh, would would show the monster on the map for a limited amount of time um i I kind of like I, I see what kind of things that they're going for. Like I, I think that originally Monster Hunter seemed to have this concept of like you really are gearing up for these big hunts. So you're going to make equipment. You're going to have you're going to go in with, you know, health potions, food when you run out of stamina, um, paintballs, whetstones um, and all these kind of consumable yeah. stuff and get ready for it in this way that was like uh, getting ready for this big expedition. Mm-hmm. And yet the. The in in practice for for me that completely fell apart because the game is so gamey that it's like why are you having me jump through all these hoops when like this does not feel like this wild expedition this feels like a video game and just sometimes fr- very frustrating one so they've done away completely with like a lot of some of the older um, uh, minor mechanics that just you had to juggle like for example right when you start the the hunt. It shows the monster, the big monsters on the screen, and it always shows them. You don't have to actually, you don't even have yeah. to like guess where they are. They're, they they're also just... took out uh, hot and cold drinks. Yeah, which kind of just was there as like a busy work thing of like, oh, I went into this cold environment, so I guess I didn't bring a hot drink, so I have to cancel the quest and go back up. Oh, so, so they did away with that also. Uh, all of this is good. So I think that the main reason why they wanted you to sort of do that and to like look around was they did want you poking around those areas and maybe collecting materials as you do it. But they've sort of replaced that with this new system of, I, I think they're the pedal laces, but they're essentially like, uh, as, as you're like looking through the map, you're finding like these bugs that are giving you like health and stamina and attack and defense boosts. So before you fight the monster, it, it sort of gives you a reason to like poke around the map and like collect these bugs to like up your stamina and to up your uh, health a little bit. And, and and I've never felt like this was necessary. Maybe it'll feel necessary later, but I, I never feel like I have to go on the map and, and collect all of these so that I'm strong enough for the fight. But it is kind of, th- of a thing of like, I'm on my way to the monster 
So I'm going to collect these petal aces and then, oh, there's some mining stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll grab that. And, and I think I'll, that that is like a perfectly good way of replacing the paintball system and, and giving you a reason to poke around the map. Um, yeah, I would say that I just I actually just like them pushing endemic life. Uh, this was a thing in Monster Hunter World. A lot of like um, like monster or creatures in the map that don't serve the purpose of like killing them just to kill them and like skin them, but more like just little bugs or creatures that would help you out in minor ways. Um, like Vigor Wasp uh, and like the per- the paralysis or like the the shock fly kind of things. So. What? Paratoads and flash flies. Yeah. So I, I feel like they are, th- that is another uh, holdover from World that that I, I really like because it does give the world a little bit more of a lived in kind of like, th- like there's n- now in th- the world just has a little bit more life to it. And like you said, like I, I, I haven't, I'm not, I'm only on getting to the third, um, tier of like the hunts so i have never felt like i had to do like all this and grab all these kind of like minor stat boosts on the way but just passing by one gives you that little i don't know that little like video gamer kind of reward thing of like of like you just got a little bit stronger for the next fight and i can imagine like 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 it just it's just it's a minor improvement it's like it's like a pretty minor um forgettable but flavorful kind of thing because it adds to that kind of that endemic life um there's there's a there's a lot of things that I like and I feel like I don't know if, if we're skipping all over the place. One of the biggest changes I would say to, from this to any other Monster Hunter is that the uh, speed of the game has gone up a lot. And not only has that gone up from the fact that you can see the monster on the map and like you said you could ride your dog, which I think is amazing. Like they made these fairly larger worlds and being able to just jump on your dog when you're you're not you don't want to poke around when like you want to get to, to follow the monster to fight them at the next area. Um, I really, really like that. I really like being able to hop on the dog and move quicker. Um, but they've also added like the wire bug, which is a mechanic across all weapons where you can uh, do this massive like hook shot forward, like a grappling yeah. hook kind of thing or one or upwards and the upwards one, <clears throat> like it can help you to like reposition really quickly during a fight. It can help you to, uh, get over a monster and slam down on them or like ride them kind of stuff. Uh, and it, it is, it is like a huge difference. I feel like it has made the game like a lot more mobile. It's a lot more like it, if you're getting hit, you're just not reacting as well to it. Yeah. Um, and they're also, they're built into some of the move sets. Well, they're built into all of the move sets where you kind of have these super moves or not even super moves, but like strong utility moves. Uh, that are sort of like tied to these. So the charge blade will have the switch axe will have one where uh, the switch axe is this weapon where if you have it in sword mode, it does a lot of damage, but it drains like this meter and you can use one of the silk bind attacks to fill that meter up so that essentially you can stay in sword mode longer. Um, the bow has a move where you can like, Get in, do an invincible backflip and regenerate your stamina, or you could use another one where uh, you like dash to the side, or or and, and then it essentially like powers up uh, your attack power for like the next uh, thirty seconds or so. Mm-hmm. The uh, there's also I don't know if you're if you're talking about this, but there's also the silk bind moves. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. So there's silk bind and the wire bugs. 
Um, so it, you do get this kind of like what was there, the mo- what was the same cooldowns? What was the Monster Hunter game that had like kind of like generations? Weird, generations had like weird abilities, so it kind of feels like a less wild step, but still yeah, like a, but, but, a, a shift nonetheless. But similarly, they do have this thing where you can also change around some of your moves. And this matter, like, as you play through the game, you get more of this. But you can essentially replace certain moves uh, in your weapons with other ones. Uh, So for the bow, you get one where if you do an attack and then you dash with a bow, you get the ability to do a, a a charge shot off of the dash. But they made it so that you could replace that with a counter ability where if you dodge... Uh, you will get iframes and you will do a melee attack at the monster. So if you want to play like a close range bow, then they, they sort of give you like an option of being like, okay, here's like this long range option that you can sub out and take a short range option instead. And, and uh, so, so that's pretty cool. They have a bunch of those for different weapons. A lot of them are changing those silkbind moves, but some of them are fundamentally changing the weapons like uh with the with the lance, for example, a guard turns into a, a parry, and that so that's a pretty big change. Yeah. What else? I, I I like the style of it a lot. I like you were talking about how there's this uh, sort of old Japanese. Japanese style aesthetic. Uh, th- this game also, for the first time, has like voice acting for the main character, mm-hmm. and it is like laughably bad in English. It is like so stupid. But they do give you the option of it instead playing it in uh, with Japanese VO or Monster Hunter language, which is where they just like grunt and say gibberish. And I'm into that. Give me the gibberish. Yeah. So I'm I'm, re- I'm really impressed by it actually so far. I, I I have only really been playing with the Charge Blade. I do really like the look of it. I wish that they went towards something like I said a little bit more knowing that it it is a, a less powerful system. I w- I wish that they went for more of like a cartoonier or something aesthetic uh because it can be a little bit muddy, but I like the the overall changes to everything. Like I I think that those that that's a huge improvement like getting rid of the paintballs and everything like that. Uh I think that it just plays a little bit more like fast and fun like i i feel like i'm getting the monsters down a little bit quicker than i ever did in the past i think maybe that some of that is just the less of the hassle like i think that the the old monster hunter games were kind of like designed to frustrate in a way that was perhaps just not healthy like just just paint wearing off or something like that just being really frustrated and having to like check around all over the place and then you go through seven different load screens to finally find the monster but they're leaving the area as you go there stuff like that is just like infuriating and is largely gone so i'm really impressed i feel like they've made so many good changes and learned so many things from world that have really benefited the series overall and i love to have a switch game i love to have one i'm playing this uh I'm playing this half handheld, half hooked up to like my computer monitor so that I can also be like on Discord and like doing that whole thing. Uh, I, I like the way that they did the hub, like the multiplayer. And this way, this time around, it's way better than in World. In World, there were like all of these issues with the way that like there were cutscenes. And if one player has seen a cutscene, the others haven't, then it just like doesn't work out. And people have to like do the cutscene and then join. Yeah, can you do that now? You can, you can. 
there's, so there's none of that anymore. That's completely gone. It's just like, but, but they still have like, the way that they've done it this time is you have your single player story mode and then you have your hub mode, uh, which you can choose to do solo or you could choose to do it in a party and it scales it. So if you're alone, it's single player difficulty or you could scale it up to four players and, and it scales it that way. Uh, and that's great. Uh, they do have these very fun like uh, vignettes when you're fighting a monster for the first time or you're going into location for the first time where they have like these very these like Kurosawa style film grainy uh, cut scenes where they're like doing like a, a poem about the monster or the location set to this like very dramatic Japanese music. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that that's pretty neat. I think it's a good replacement for what they did in, uh, in Worlds. Yeah, I really like it. I'm really impressed with it so far. I feel like I'll I'll stick with it a little bit longer than I sometimes stick with Monster Hunter games. The Switch game, also the fact that it's a Switch game means that I'm more likely to stick to it. Um, but it's not the only game I'm playing on Switch. I'll tell you that I'm also playing Bravely Default 2. Have you heard this? Have you heard of this one? Have you seen this one? I'm going to tell you this one after a short break from our sponsors. Who we got sponsored? ready to talk about video games unfortunately i'm ready i just want to talk more about monster hunter all right well because today was the day let's talk more about monster hunter because today was the day that i was playing a lot of monster hunter and a lot of things like kind of clicked um using more of the wire bugs in action and the silk uh skills and i was switching weapons i had the first um two ranks of quests I did entirely with a charge blade, which I think is still probably my favorite, I think, overall. If not, maybe, like, Insect Glaive. But um, uh, after uh, t- I-, I started doing other weapons, and I, I basically just kept running uh, rank three quests for uh, wet to make weapons. So I made, like a, I, I made, like, a yeah. Legombi Insect Glaive. I made a Tetradon... Uh, suit of of armor i made the tetradon armor is really cool but i i feel like some of that is for bow because they have like the rapid slash normal up on the chest but that's that's inside baseball but yeah, yeah um so is, i'll go to bow i will i will make that, a bow. that is the most fun the most fun to me is like you want to try out another weapon and then you're looking at armor and you're like oh i bet the gun lance would be really good with this so then you're like going back and farming multiple monsters and i think that for me, that's where the joy is. Like just going up the quests and like killing every monster once. That's not. That's not really why I why I go to it. I always go to Monster Hunter with like the goal of assembling interesting armor sets and seeing like how much stronger that makes me feel once I once I get the new stuff on. Yeah, this is a. I I do gen- tend to want to try out a couple weapons, but I think the the. Introduction of the wire bugs and the the silkbind skills are making me more interested than ever because they add so much more flavor onto every weapon class. Like just trying to see what they do exactly is has been so interesting. So I, I I've never really spent that much time with the longsword, but I spent a lot of time playing with the longsword. And it's uh, silkbind is a massive like counterattack. It looks so dope. 
Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like this just yep. this web of the, the of silk, and if the enemy attacks while you have it up, and like they have the sword sheathed, and then when if they attack, they do this massive counterattack. So I've just been having like like playing in this game, playing right in this game more than in any other Monster Hunter makes you feel like brutal because you could just be like wailing on a monster, they rear up. And instead of just having like a slow roll, you could just sit there with like a big counter up or like wire bug over the attack or wire bug away. And just you, you feel more like in control than I think I've ever felt in Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter has always been a game that is on the uh, punishment side of heavy um, frames, like a lot, like a lot of recovery frames. And I, I don't know. This is like this feels like a turbo monster hunter. Just like they've... yeah. One one thing that I find surprising with the wire bugs is that whenever you get knocked over, there's a why you can expend a wire bug to instantly auto recover. Yeah, the B left yeah. bump left left ZB. Yeah. Yeah, and that feels pretty uh pretty pretty crazy because that means that you can't get comboed by monsters like you could if you time it. If you don't time it, then you you can't get up. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, one thing, I, I'm also finding that a lot of the abilities just make the weapons, like, smoother to use. And sometimes it's in a way that makes makes you feel like you have you can ignore some of the consequences of weapons. Yeah. So, so for example, with the Switch Axe, it's a weapon that works on, uh, you're using your axe mode to build a meter that lets you switch to your sword mode, which is more powerful. But there's a silkbind attack that just fills the sword meter. So you don't even have to like hang out in axe form if you don't want to, because you could just do sword mode. And to me that Do you feels... have to counter it though? No. You just there's you just press a button and then it just fills your sword meter. Uh that feels a little bit uh intri- like a little bit weird to me. Like like it does kind of remove like like what I felt like was a kind of interesting mechanic about the weapon i think that there would still be reasons to use the axe it, I, I feel like they just kind of like changed the way that the weapon works where sword mode isn't the reward that it used to be instead it's just like this this alternative form that has like more damage but like a little bit less reach and yeah so so they really did make the weapons feel very different in, in a way that generations uh which was, you know, two monster hunter, but hunters back did similarly. Yeah. Oh man, I I was playing a lot with the insect glaive. Oh my god, the amount of times that you can spend in the air at this point with the insect glaive is absolutely insane. And the 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 skills that they have is like an invincible aerial backdash, and uh, you can always use like the 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 air wire bug, so you can combo that with the evasive dash and if you don't have red buff oh my god i'm getting in the weeds but you can uh the the b attack is like a leaping attack so you can do like uh regular vault into evasion into uh silk bug into evasion into wire bug into into both of those are wire bugs into attack or something like you could do you could just be spending most of the time in the air it's crazy uh the weapons are i i just i'm having a blast uh, I, have, I have never had this much fun in my... I didn't have this much fun in Monster Hunter World. Um, so I, I've never been enjoying the game so much that I have no interest in progressing. Yeah. Like, I, I just spent all day... Just I, I crafted uh, the uh, Royal... What is it? Lidroth? 
Yeah. Um, Gunlance and was Gunlancing. I haven't Gunlanced in the last couple of Monster Hunters. That used to be my go-to. Uh, so I made a Longsword, an Insect Glaive, a Gunlance, a Charge Blade, and I yeah. think I want to go for Bow and du- Dual Swords next. It feels more rewarding to craft weapons when the weapons look so cool. They do. Um, Even like are you going to play, play multiplayer? Yeah. I played a little bit with um, Galloway, uh, friend of the show, Ryan Galloway. Thank you, Ryan Galloway. Uh, and Bumper for the use of your intro and outro. We use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. I think I did that the, right. The, the, the start of multiplayer, yeah. Yeah, I, I, one thing I, my, my minor, and this this was actually tied into a problem with multiplayer, but one of my minor complaints is that the way that NPCs try and get you over to them because they have quest information is a text bubble over their head, but I don't always see it. And sometimes if it goes down, then they just don't say anything. And it's it, it can be real. I've, I've found like multiple times in the game where I'm just running around. I don't know if this is me. This could just be like a... A Jeff Gersman kind of moment. I love Jeff Gersman, but I feel like there's a lot of times where uh, he's like explaining an issue with the game that everyone else says. Well, if you just paid a, te- there was one thing of text that said this is how you do this, and you must have skipped over it. And he's like, well, I have no fun because of because they didn't explain it right. Um, so I don't know if it's been that's been me. Like I've been like there's yeah, been a lot well, of times. What you're just- supposed to do is there's a. Uh... When you open up the select menu when you're in town, it'll tell you what areas have someone you want to speak to want to speak to in. So you can always find out if someone is uh, looking to speak to you that way. Um, I did the first rampage. I've heard a lot of complaints about rampage, but uh, I, I guess maybe just going into I, I've heard such negative things going into it that I guess I had very low expectations and I thought it was good. Yeah, I think it's fine. It reminds me of uh, in old Monster Hunters, there would always be those like set piece quests, like where you're fighting Zora Magdaros or yeah, that's what it uh, me Jim of. Moran. So it's it's one of those missions. Yeah, uh, which I guess they, they feel like they have to put in. Uh, the reward's but... pretty cool. They give you this sort of like passive bonus uh, that you can apply to your weapon. And the thing that's really cool about it is that at the start, it doesn't seem very interesting because it's like attack boost, defense boost. But as you get further on. Uh, the weapons actually end up with some pretty interesting perks that you could put on them from the rampage. Yeah, I actually really like those quests. I mean, I, I I don't know, I forget which one it was, but the one where you're on the boat and you have to in, in the sand and you yeah, have to. Jeff Moran. Okay, that was one of the coolest monster hunter fights ever. Um, but yeah, so I don't think I, I wouldn't say that it is quite that level of a set piece, but. It does it for me. It reminds me of a tower defense kind of, but uh, it is. It's absolutely a tower. But defense. I, I do. I I I don't think it's terrible the way that I've heard. It's terrible, like insufferable. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. Um, it to me though, I, I can understand the criticism because it feels like one of those situations where when I'm playing Monster Hunter, I want to use my weapon and I want to attack like the monster with my weapon. And in this, it feels like a, a vehicle sequence in an infantry game yeah where i am like using the turrets and i am like not using my weapon and the game is built around using the weapon so like i I can understand the complaints uh for that reason but i think it's fine like if you're looking to like break up you know the the sequence of what you're doing it offers an alternative yeah i think that i think that's a purposeful obvious obviously that's a purposeful thing to make something that doesn't even use weapons or Gen- that general flow of like going toe to toe with the big monster and watching for its attacks because that's 
kind of seems like the whole purpose of it is that like prior to that you would have done like 10 or 15 uh, or so of that of exactly that and it seems fine to to just be a a, a breakup in it wow it's such a good game though uh, i i they just nail some of the some of just the feeling of it they've nailed so much and it just is this whole encompassing thing with just the the relative like speed of it the the palamute um the monsters already marked on the map and stuff like that like the how, how your, your the verticality that you your ability to just like instantly traverse areas and like run up walls is yeah do you feel different. like you I, I one of the you know issues that people were bound to have about this is that uh it is a switch game it's 30 frames a second um you know, and it does. It's not as graphically good. So, do you feel like you are missing that from World, or do you feel like yes, it's yeah. So, so yeah. Do you think that you'll rebuy this when it comes to PC? I think so. I you know, I, I said this the other day. Like, I I just wish that they had gone for a style. Um, they 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 went for that older Monster Hunter, um, pseudo realistic look. You would and want for something like cell shaded or cell shaded, like like I, I had said it before. Like if something that was like that Mario Odyssey, like going a little bit more cartoony and maybe more like vibrant colors. And it's and it's also it also feels like they missed an opportunity because the the more I'm playing, the more that I I really appreciate the intros and a lot of things. So like you know how the old Monster Hunter they would in, they, the ant the the monsters would have this basically like square shaped version of what it would look like yeah the, the icon the little icon the, yeah so now they're done in like a watercolor and uh style and it looks really good and i i wish that they had gone a little bit more in that direction i wish that they had maybe done like like uh street fighter 4 style fat um black outlines i think that would have i think that could have really been the game really could have benefited from like a cartoonier uh comic maybe like a comic bookie with the with the heavy black outlines uh look because because it's already like they're already drawing a lot of inspiration from watercolor and like older traditional japanese style i think that would have been um a a good way to hide the fact that it's on a weaker system like i think like nintendo does that kind of better and just going for like a but uh, so that's a i think that's a minor minor complaint one of the things i would i would ask you is like what do you, do you think, if anything, they will take for the traditional Monster Hunter series? I would imagine Wirebug and Silkbind is gone, but I would wonder if they'll keep Palamute. And yeah, I think that that's a good guess. I think that Palamutes could could make it through. Uh, and you know, the the other thing is that the Palamutes, the dogs, they offer you uh, that speed, but they're also you could put the Palamute away and use two Palicos. Uh, and they will offer. They'll give you more uh, utility options. You could get like a a healer and a gatherer, or a bomber and attacker. Whereas the palamutes kind of just do the palamute thing. Oh man, uh, but they do. And also, I learned today was the day that I learned that you can whetstone on a palamute. Oh yeah, you could whetstone on a palamute. Heal, eat your rations. Yeah. Whatever. So that is a that was just a an absolute game changer for me. Is like whetstoning, like monster flees the area jump on a palamute in full sprint you're whetstoning so oh man and i I, also are they they give you they start out every mission with like giving you full antidotes and heals i guess uh that's only in low rank and then once you get to high rank they will not be doing that anymore all right 
Man, that is a yeah. really good game, though. It's a really good Monster Hunter, and it's. And I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I, I know that the the Silkbind making it into uh, the series as a whole is is absolutely zero. But I I kind of wish that they would continue. I I just feel like it, it's ridiculously fun to use those. Maybe things. maybe switch skills. Switch skills could maybe make it, but it depends because like some of the switch skills are tied to uh, the Silkbind moves. But I mean, like it was in in generations, they had like super abilities where like you could charge up a meter, use like super abilities, and you, it's pretty clear that they're willing to like take things that people liked and totally scrap them. But it was also going from generations, they moved to worlds, and the generations team is the team that made rise. They have an A team and a B team. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I will say that this game does get me pretty excited for the chance of a switch 2 of a of a switch pro yeah of something more powerful uh are you playing this mostly handheld or you have um, half? only handheld i haven't tried it yet docked i don't know if it improves it that much uh no i just play it docked sometimes because i like the pro controller but i i like both ways oh man it's such a good game it's so well done it really is and, the and more... you know especially when you, you you can't be expected to grasp a lot of concepts early on um and uh, the wire bug was and silk kind of stuff was evading me a little bit and then that click of i should be using these more often and then to put it you know in the the forefront of your mind for when the monster is charging up that big attack to like wire bug away or to counter silk bind or guard it with some like certain abilities like charge blade have like a full guard um doing that those kind of things just like it it is such a uh, a game changer and it it stops that like I, I guess i did one hit too many and then now the monster is rearing up and i cannot possibly avoid it and i'm gonna get hit and then that you get hit and you you have all these frames of like flying backwards and landing on the ground and like this game just uh does away with a lot of that like allows you to be in control more and i i dig it so much i know that it won't be like this again but it's that's unfortunate yeah and there's still some more weapons i'm excited to try i've never really played with sword and shield for example oh sword and shield was what i was was another thing that i really wanted to try because i think they have sword and shield their silk bind i think is like a giant high leap and then like a a dragoon style like downward slam you know what i mean like they do like this like massively high leap and then slam down all right all of the weapons are so good right now. I'm so impressed with the gun lance right now because they added a new feature to the gun lance uh, where they have like this explosive spear. Oh yeah, I thought that was I do... thought that was in Monster Hunter World or that was in the past. I know what you're talking about. After the double, you can do two charge shots and then B again will do like a... this explosive spear. Yeah, worm spear, and, and it's also you could do a rising slash with X plus A and then do one that way. Uh, I don't know if you how familiar you are with Gunlance, but one of my favorite abilities uh, is you do a rising slash into a slam, and then if you shell, it uses every piece of ammo in your uh, I didn't know stock that. at once. I didn't know so that. you could do X plus A, then X, plus, then X, then A. So it's a three-hit combo, and then it expends every bullet in your magazine. And then from there, you could transfer to Worm Spear, and it's pretty sick. I have a Royal Ludroth 
um, gun lance that has like eight rounds, I think. Yeah, you could expend all those rounds at once yeah, by doing insane. the overhead slam. Uh, did you get the uh, switch skill that lets you drag the gun lance against the ground? I don't have any switch skills. I don't so, think, or I'm not. That's just I haven't interacted. You need with to that, go probably. to the gathering hub and talk to the ninja, and he gives you a bunch of them. Uh, and as you use weapons more. Uh, essentially like there's like a, a hidden like level that you're getting for the weapons and as you level them up far enough you're unlocking more switch skills okay. so one of oh. them one of them lets you drag your gun lance against the ground you like wire bug far away and he like drags the gun lance against the ground and does like the scrape attack but he also like sets the gun lance like on fire and then like all of your shelling attacks deal bonus damage for a little while and then one of the other switch attacks is, I don't know if you've ever used these, but you can charge up your shells. Uh, and instead of having charged up shells, uh, you can shoot the gun lance behind you and it propels you forward like a rocket. And it's like, it's so sick. Holy shit. There, there, I feel like there's there's no world where this isn't on my top five. That's exciting. Yeah. and And can't wait. Uh, for a new Switch model to come out. But at the same time, I'd be surprised because uh, we're having problems with all these uh, micro trips. So we'll see if they can actually get any of those out. It's not the only game I've been playing on Switch. I've also been playing uh, Bravely Default 2. And I've been really excited about it because uh, I've been unlocking some of the sort of secret classes because there are these like submissions. There are all these subquests that lead you... Uh, down all of these like weird paths. I, I think I talked a little bit about the fact that there's like an entire mini game uh, that is built behind a subquest uh, where your character gets like interested in gambling and then you get like a deck of like these collectible cards and as you go through the game, you're picking up these collectible cards that are like part of this mini game. Uh, and it's like an area control game where you're using like these different abilities on cards. It's very cool. But also as you go through the mission, uh, at the end of it, you are fighting the gambler and unlocking like the gambler class, which is like totally not a necessary class. But one of the cool things about Bravely Default that you might remember is that you're constantly switching classes because the classes have passives yeah. uh, that you can then use to empower other uh, your your characters even when you're not using that class so at one point i had like everyone on the Beastmaster class which is a class that lets you capture monsters and then use abilities that those monsters have but they also have a mp saver so essentially like it cuts down your mp usage so like at one point my white mage and my black mage were both beast masters because i wanted the mp saver so I've been into that. I recently unlocked uh, Pictomancer, which is a painter class that like is a debuff class. But but the story behind unlocking the Pictomancer was so wild uh, because essentially like there is this character, like this evil character who is like using people's like blood as paint to like create this like giant ritual mural that turns into like a demon. Uh, you know, typical JRPG stuff. Uh, but but I am really digging that game. It is, like, so comfortable and cozy. Uh, it looks great, and it is a JRPG-ass JRPG, as, as we call them, right? Yeah. 
if you've played Bravely Default, uh, you know what to expect in Bravely Default too. Uh, I don't expect. It's a, I don't expect things looping over. I, I'm I'm digging the story so far. It's very generic and trite, but I'm I'm digging it. I, I like the quest structure. I like going like after you beat like a story mission. It's fun to like go back to old towns that you visited because like new subquests have popped up that like lead you to like weird things and like unlocking new weapons and there are all these like extremely powerful monsters throughout the world that like you backtrack and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I'm strong enough now to meet that monster that I found in like that weird spot and I can go back and kill him and then get like crazy loot, you know, and that stuff is very fun. It sounds like they're doing more with those like individual quests, the subquests, than they do with that very basic uh main story i guess you'll have to tell me if they do if if it goes anywhere outside i just the when the word crystal comes into play oh there's crystals it it, it is it all i mean yes i i know but it, when that word comes into play it it is such a it is such like a deus ex machina it's such a completely um but yeah no there are four crystals the crystals are aligned to uh the different elements of course and your characters uh awaken MacGuffin. the crystals right MacGuffin. Your, your characters they awaken the crystals they all are tied to the crystals so as you do a quest to sp hunt out a specific crystal each of the characters unique powers awaken and then they get the ability to do super moves yeah i wanted to say MacGuffin. it's basically a MacGuffin where it just has nothing to do with the actual story just this whole this kind of dumb but yeah not bad i'm digging it uh it's no monster hunter uh but you've been playing another mobile game. Uh, you've been playing this uh, Wild Rift. League of Legends Wild Rift. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, I have been playing League of Legends Wild Rift. I played more of it. I haven't played it in the last day or two. Uh, I did play uh, a fair amount of it while I was at work. Um, I have a lot of... It, it is such a polarizing game, and I, I guess that is to be expected. Um, first of all... Yes, League of Legends. They released their League. Uh, Riot has released their League analog on mobile for free. Um, and uh, first, first impression is holy shit! It looks so good. It looks incredible, and it it really puts a, the PC traditional League to shame in a lot of ways. The characters look incredible. They're all just they they pop way more. Um, and they're, they are very consistent across the board. I think League, you know, like we, League still has characters that are from different times and they update them. And then even then sometimes they get older, at, you know, as, as time goes on and they, they put a lot of effort into the new model. So they're kind of always outdoing themselves but because of that they have, they lack consistency across the board. So this is just like them starting fresh with a brand new engine and it looks incredible. All the characters look unbelievably good. And, uh, instead of just that, uh, 2d flat artwork for a skin, it has a unique, the skins have a unique introduction, like a, a quick, like five second, intro that looks incredible so it, it is it, it is Does it give you an idea of like what the skin will look like in game oh no you see it you see it in 3d um you you see like a, an introduction with it where they something cool happens i i for example i got the mafia it's in it so the 
it's it's the the mafia skin is called like Crime City or something like that in the yeah, they changed them all. They, they, they changed there's no mafia anymore now. Even in even in base League of Legends, they're called Crime City. Okay, so I got Crime City Graves because it's my favorite skin in any uh in in League entire entire. Let me ask you. So pause on pause on that. So they give you some stuff, right? Because you've played League of Legends before. Oh yeah, they are. It is the it is the uh, most free to play mobile game I have ever encountered. Well, f- for you especially, because you've already paid so much for League of Legends, right? So they. I don't know how so much is. I know that there there is a account bound scale thing. scales with how much you spent too. Really? There. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. There. So I, I. So I don't really. I could not say exactly. How, but I will say that that there's multiple different things. There's a introduction to new players going on where they are just like giving you champion selector tickets. Like you, if 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 I play every time I play the game for basically uh, thirty minutes, um, I'm or even a single match or so, um, I'm getting. Like like because they're they're running multiple events. There's a there's an account re- uh, level, and then there's three events, and one of the events is tied to your league account. But you still need to like level up and still have to play uh, games. Um, one is just tied to like account leveling, and one is like tied to like logging in every day or something like that. So it's just you are inundated with uh, champions. I think that there's forty that come in this like base version of the game right now and holy sh- if you'll get 20 I think they're you'll be get releasing 20 a character every two weeks for this game so you you get them with uh an incredible speed like if you if there's anything if there's a skin or a champion that you want don't worry about it don't buy it just wait for one game just play one game and i feel like they are just throwing things at me like i'm just getting more champions and skins constantly are are there any characters uh that you played in wild rift that maybe you didn't play in league of legends that now you're more interested in checking out i would not say that no um uh i played brahm in wild rift and i really don't play a lot of brahm usually when i go support i end up picking a lot of these like carries uh support carries like swain and yeah uh, you have to be the all-star right I know I have to be the all star, um, but uh, Senna just feels good because it's like, well, I want I want to win this game, uh, but but uh, I played Brom and and had a pretty good time just doing that. Also, it's also fun because uh, you know to get into the actual like meat and potatoes of this, uh, it's a very hyper sped up league um, that should be expected, right? Like it's a smaller map um, and it is very hyper sped up. Like the ultimates are on like a 30 40 second cooldown max um uh you are really just like spamming abilities very quickly um and getting the the feel for it um there's certain things that i i don't entirely that like i i kept i i should be able to find this this shouldn't be like technical but but like stuff stuff like last heading i think that there is a last heading is still in the game but you get passive gold from minions dying around you but if you uh minions have like an execute range so if you just hit them at a certain health it'll execute um uh, slightly similar to like the support item that executes minions at a certain uh percent of health so it's a very sped up league um some of the rules are slightly different i would say one of the biggest things that has changed is that there are no inhibitors uh Mm -hmm. the the turret that is the inhibitor turret is also the inhibitor 
and there's no Nexus turret. The two Nexus turrets are gone, and in its place, the Nexus just shoots if um, you would be taking uh, aggro from it. Um, so, and the inhibitors never grow back. Uh, the there are dragons in this game, uh, but the dragons work slightly differently. They uh, it, the game spawns all four dragons. Um, but they only spawn once. Uh, the way that in in uh, traditional league right now it works is there's it spawns there's... all four dragons, but it only spawns them once. Yeah. So in traditional league, you there's four uh, there's four elements of dragons. Each of them have a buff. If you kill them, uh, one will spawn. Then a second one will spawn that's unique, and then a third one will start continually spawning. Which means that one of the four dragons never gets seen, and uh, one that of I know. Yeah. and one of them the map changes. That's not in this game. This game just will spawn the four dragons. Whenever they're killed, they're never going to come back. Like if it, if it, if it spawns the the mountain drake first, once it's killed, it's over. The mountain drake will not come back. It will just cycle through uh, the four dragons, and they don't come back after at Is some. There's still soul or no? There's no soul. It's just they okay. just it, it it and the map doesn't change. It's just the four different dragons. There is Baron. There is the uh, Rift Crumbler. I forget his name. Uh, Rift Herald. Yes. Um, so okay. so there's these kind of things. Um, it it uh, I, I would say that they took a really long... I know this has been in development for a really long time, and it was in Brazil and I think the Philippines for a, wa- for a long time um, yeah. uh, in a test run, and... I, I am just I'm really incredibly impressed by how much work Riot put into making this and not porting it over in a sloppy way. There are phenomenal tutorials actually that are that really get down into like gritty mechanisms that they made for this game specifically. There's like there's we all know you know auto attacking, but uh, there's a um, uh, minion only button, a turret only button, and you and yep. they they teach you some of the more technical stuff of like canceling auto attacks by tapping minion only or turret only and doing stuff like that. So that there there is there is and and they and they also reworked because it is a brand new engine. They reworked the you know skill shots and stuff from the ground up so that they work more cleanly. There's there's some like like a lot of the champions have these like minor tweaks to be more comfortable. Uh, in this kind of control scheme, um, I I played uh, Akali uh, and had an incredible like time with like thirty kills in one match, and uh, she's very fun. Uh, the skill shots it should be this is the way that other mobas were doing it, and it's kind of the only way to do it is that if you tap a skill shot, it will um, it will auto cast directly at the closest champion, but. If the enemy is moving, then they, that would make them automatically dodge it. So it's like you 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 can line up skill shots, but if it's close and you think they'll stand still, you can just quickly um, tap to get it out. So I think control wise, it's pretty control wise. It's about as good as it could be. Looks wise, it's incredible. It it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but where the polarization kind of comes in is that uh, I have not had a great game of it yet. And I guess that's to be expected, um, but it's, it's like very stompy. Or what do you mean? Um, it's not stompy. It's like everyone is stupid. Uh, it, it's it hasn't been um, bad in 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 that sense. Like it, it's just that uh, everything is very airy. Like I, I, every game I play is like 
playing with people who have never played League before, so you you get no concept of like we killed uh, people and we should go. We killed the people in the bot lane and we should go take the dragon. By the way, an interesting thing that they do in this game is that they mirror the map. So so you will always come out of the bottom left side of the rift, even if your team is okay, the is and, on the other side. And, it, and that's for the sake of like you how you hold a phone. Yeah, it just it just makes more sense. So does that mean that sometimes the Baron will be like on the yes? Other side? That means exactly that. Is that sometimes the duo goes top and the solo goes goes um, bot, um, and the Baron is bot. Uh, so so yeah, they they do this kind of things. They mirror the the map. It is unbelievably gorgeous. So I just got, can't say that enough. And how much like these are characters that we love so much over the years, and they have never looked like they look incredible in this. They have never had more personality. I love that they have like introductions for the characters, like Vane tumbling out and shooting a couple times, and then pointing her uh, her crossbow at the at the the camera. You know, like it's it's. It is. It's incredible. It's it's so good. I just. I really do wish it, the 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 uh, they do a good job of like really telling you like I, I the the tutorials are great. Like I'm. I, they 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 force you to go through these tutorials, and the tutorials do a really good job of telling you, uh, uh, you know, some high level concepts and like team composition. You get rewarded for doing more of the tutorials, and they really tell you like the top laner is usually going to be a more tanky kind of character and they're going to be going alone a lot of times so they have to fend for themselves but ultimately they'll become the team initiator and stuff like you know support you're going to be warding a lot and you might be tanky you you know you have like you might be just more about crowd control and stuff like that so they do tell people this but when the 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 um champion select starts in my five hours of experience it is just a free-for-all there is no con like i've i've like locked in jungler like no i'll jungle and then someone will immediately lock in like another jungler and it's there's no concept is is the jungle the same is it easier how do how does it stack up the jungle is 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 easier um it's it's a little bit easier overall i would say and um also some of that is that the champions spawn immediately there's no real ability to leash in this game so the jungler has to be able to um instantly uh uh farm like the 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 major buffs um i would also say that the items are like extremely accelerated obviously they have to be like gold and items are are very accelerated like you're and there's no mythic which i think is a weird choice no mythic items yeah no mythic items that mythic items were such a good simplification of the system so yeah i I think that I think that mythics are a huge improvement to League. So are are those do those items not exist or they exist? They just don't work like the myth like the way that mythics would. So I could buy a Kraken Slayer and a Gale Force. Yeah, I think a lot of them just exist, but they don't have that passive and that whole thing going on. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I just wish that yeah, like I it's it's real accelerated. I I my my other major complaint and i i don't know i I guess i do want to play a little bit more of it and there's a ranked mode and stuff like that um i I would like to i need to know whether or not what the 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 average game length is and it's hard to tell whether or not that will go higher or lower i would have to imagine at a 
it, 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 that once I'm in a group that is more, or people get more accustomed to it, uh, and you're playing, and I'm playing more with people that that understand, you know, some basic stuff like team composition, where you should be on the map, um, taking objectives, and doing stuff like that. Um, oh, there's no armor plating and stuff. Like you can take a turret down really quickly. So once I, I'm, I would hope that the game time would get down to like 10 minutes for uh, a a an approximately like 20 minute game in in regular league to like a big barnyard banger is like a 15 minute game uh, or so. But I, the games I've had are going like 20 minutes, and that's a huge ask for a mobile game. I'm starting these games and like I can get a call. I like I, I my experience was like I would start it. I'm not on a call. Uh, I, I I'm I'm in EMT and uh, I would be playing you know ten minutes of this game thinking like I should be like there's no way that like usually when you get a call like I, I don't drive usually so I like I should be able to finish it before we get to a, 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 a call and I've had multiple times where like I'm standing at someone's door, like pressing the doorbell and I have the phone in my hand. Like, like we have to finish, like we have to finish right now. I'm about to go into this whole medical thing. So, yeah. So that's, and that's not good. Like that is 20 minutes, I think is a huge ask for a mobile game like that. Like, I, I don't know, like it, it, I don't, I hope that as it, it, that it doesn't go the other way. Cause my concern would be like, what if, at a higher level, that's what you're getting is a lot of these like 25, 20 to 25 minutes. And then maybe the games are quicker because people are just like arming or alternatively are the games slower because people aren't good at taking objectives. And what it should be is just this massive snowball. Like you get a kill, you get an objective, you get a turret and the person's just now getting back into lane. And then you're buying your mythic equivalent in uh, three minutes, you know? Yeah. It's free. Um, I I would recommend people to check it out. It's free as hell. Like you can just check it out. Um, and and for people who have any enjoyment of League, maybe just check it out to look at the way that the characters look because they look so yeah. good. And they do throw a lot of uh, you know unique stuff at you very quickly. So um, it they the game takes itself very seriously. Like I it they have a ranked mode. They have um, a custom match that you can invite friends to and like practice and a practice mode and stuff like that this is something Do they that's have like, the training tool they have i think they yeah they have like a custom and training tool thing so hmm. uh yeah i'll have to check that out again i downloaded it i played the tutorial and i haven't gotten that much further because i you know i'm in front of my computer all day i have the option of opening up my computer yeah um i don't know like okay so end of story i would say they they really did it good job you did you you made yeah. a league on mobile, and it it is not a cheap port. It is it, it it definitely has the feeling that like this is Riot's flagship franchise, and they they didn't port it to mobile in a lazy way. They they really put in a, a incredible amount of effort, making it look as good as it possibly could, making it play as possibly good as as it could, and you know slightly scaling everything yeah. down for mobile this is such a stark reminder that uh league of legends might have more technical debt than any other game and and this shows you this is what they want league of legends to be to look like this is how they want it to be and and hopefully it's it's something that they can make happen you know hopefully they can take what they're doing here on wild rift and apply it to uh 
you know, the PC version of the game. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking this for years. Like, I wonder if Riot has any interest in, like, a League 2.0, like, a ground-up new engine, zero technical debt, make it so that you have these kind of things that you have in this mobile game, these, like, like a skin introduction and characters having a more consistent look throughout. They call it a skin trail. Skin trails. Um, like, it's... It, it it really does make you kind of wish that uh, its older brother was in a uh, a better place. I mean, balance wise, obviously. I, balance wise, from someone who's been playing League for a decade, I think this is the best League has ever been. Good on them for still for for making League as as good as it has ever been with all the changes and stuff over the years. Yeah, League is doing well, and I'm I'm digging it. They just released. Uh... Did they release some, Gwen? Some, Gwen is not out, but they did release uh, some really, really amazing skins. The Space Groove skins. Yeah. Uh, where Nasus is like a little corgi in like a, a, a man's space suit. Uh, and, and Blitzcrank is like a cat and a dog that are like inside, or like operating this robot together. I thought it was two it's cats, adorable. but... Might be two cats. Uh, oof. So, yeah. League of Legends is, in a, is, is exciting. Uh, speaking of exciting, uh, the Disco Elysium director's cut, the final cut came out and Disco Elysium is a game that has, it's either, I think 1 million words of written. So it's a, it's massive. And they have added uh, full voice acting and they've also added new subquests, new side quests for, uh, the different political leanings that your character could go. So there is like a hyper-capitalist quest or a communism quest. And I'm thinking about playing that game again, but it Me is too. daunting of, uh, of because I, I played it to its fruition. Uh, but, I, but I think that that is not a good enough reason. Like, I think that I should jump back in and see if there are other ways that things could play out. Yeah, I feel like I um, didn't finish it, and I, I feel like this is a good time to give it a shot. Give it all yeah, it track. is it is uh, such a terrific game. So I do hope that people give that a shot. Um, I I have also yet to purchase Outriders, but I'm I am thinking about it. I've been thinking about it because it's been out for a, for a week, about almost a week, and people aren't saying bad things about it. It seems like it. Uh, I maybe Outriders is the game that I've been asking for for years. This like fun. Diablo-y build uh loot grind to just be on discord with friends like we're 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 too wound down to play valorant or league and let's just play a very jump in because it, it is incredibly jump in jump out so and that's something that they they tout so something like that where we could just like zone out and have like full conversations without ever talking about what's going on screen yeah, right now though, I will say that on Steam it is fifty-eight percent positive, and it looks like that is all driven by people review bombing the game because of disconnect issues. So I guess I'll see where that nets out. But I mean, the gameplay that I'm seeing, like it, it does look a bit more involved than like a Destiny. People, people are actually saying that the combat is more akin to like a Mass Effect 3 where there is like a greater mix and interplay between the guns and the abilities. I mean, that's the way that it had felt in... I wonder, I, I think we never talked about Outriders. 
uh, th- maybe I think maybe it came not. at a weird time where I never talked about playing the uh, the. I know entire... that you definitely spoke to me about. I it. I spoke to you personally about it, and I the 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 I, I was really excited about Out, Outriders, and I have been for a long time, and I played the the demo uh, to not I, I didn't grind it the way that some people did because the the the, the uh, progress carried over, but I did play it to like this stopping point where they that you get a cutscene and they're like the full game comes out here and X amount of guns and you know all the things they would say, but my thoughts were like the. Guns were good. Uh, it was early on, so in the game, obviously, because uh, it's just the init- it's just the start of the game. Um, so in a loot game, that means that you're getting white and gray uh, yeah. loot. So so not particularly uh, inspired. Um, yeah. And the loot. demo is still available, by the way. Yeah. So not particularly inspired loot, but uh, as far as abilities go i was i i have heard uh, a bunch of people talk about this demo and i think most people have the positive thing that, that most people have said or the most the class that people have had the most enjoyment with was trickster and i managed to, to play trickster and i was blown away like the one of the 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 abilities are were on like such a crazy low cooldown like within seconds and one ability is like a almost infinite range warp behind someone like nothing personnel um kid kind of thing so and one of the other abilities is like a lightning blade that just like this massive sweep and if it if it kills anything they they turn like you watch their armor disintegrate their skin disintegrate their muscle disintegrate and then down to like bone and then the bone explodes um and the other thing was like i think a shield that is a more a a higher amount of shield per enemies around you so like one of the first things that happened was once i had gotten all the abilities was uh, i came out into this area where it was a hill that where it was a long hill and the enemies were behind all these different things of cover and then there was like a bunker at the top of the hill and uh, i just i had just gotten this like warp behind enemies ability so i just I, i didn't like I did, I don't know why I would expect this to work, but I just like looked at the t- the enemy in in the bunker all the way on top of the hill and was able to warp behind them, and it was just a crazy moment of like normally y- this would be like a you're fighting your way up this hill, and with a single ability I was in the bunker looking down on the enemies that were now no longer in cover. It was crazy. It was very cool. Like, they, they really do... The abilities are incredibly impactful. Um, and then and then the other thing that I had heard a lot of people, and I also agree with, was that the uh, dialogue and the story is just horrendous, is really yeah, bad. I'm That's fine. unfortunate I that... I, I'm fine with that, but it's too bad, because it, it, it can be a pull, a, a draw to me. Like, uh, people have have long mocked Destiny for the story, but the the overall, like, the amount of work that's put into Destiny's story, though it doesn't always come out, uh, I think really shows, and there's some, like, really fascinating stuff. I'm at least interested in it, and it's one of those things where it gives back to you if you put a little investment into reading or stuff lore, like, wise, it's a, there's a lot of that kind of supplementally in the game, Dark Souls kind of wise, where you're just getting little bits of information and if you recognize the names or the events in history then it, it it feels really enjoyable if you don't then it's just a lot of gibberish and it's like wow this story kind of sucks because they they don't they, i don't know who that character is this that's lame that you're telling me about him if you don't set that up 
Um, but yeah, I, they do a bad job with that overall in in Outriders. I I still I I'm kind of interested in it, but I don't know. I was I I I got much less interested in it when I started liking Monster Hunter so much. Yeah, they they do seem like they would satisfy like the same itch. Like yesterday, I saw uh, John and Alex online, so I just popped into their Monster Hunter lobby, and you could jump right into the quest halfway in. So I just jumped right in and I was uh, fighting with them in like under a minute. The load times are so fast. What else? I've been, uh, um, so I've been playing Genshin. Here's the Genshin minute. Uh, there's another, uh, last time I think I was talking about the, the Leeway Lantern Festival and there were so many bad things with it. I, it was really frustrating overall and I was so high on the game until that specific, uh, event, um, because it really focused around doing all this busy work for no-name NPCs, and it never showed the characters that are in the story that they're building up. Like they they have these 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 fascinating characters that people clearly love, and they weren't utilized at all in this event. So this is the other major city, uh, Mondstadt, which is the first city you go to that I'm sure you're familiar with, like the castle city. I've been there. You've been there. Um, so, so they decorated it, looks gorgeous. And, uh, they have basically done away with all my major complaints. It's an, it is a really, really good event. Um, there is a quest line that is pretty cute and has a heartwarming kind of ending. And, uh, it's about like what the 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 this city kind of it's like the 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 whole thing is people trying to figure out what a wind bloom is, which is a type of like apparently extinct flower. Um, but they're trying to figure out like why the founders of Mondstadt um, named had created this festival in honor of this flower that they that no one can agree on what it is. Um, and it ends up being more about like what the town and what everyone's kind of like relationships mean to them more than the flower kind of thing. Um, so, so it's, there's a, there's a good cute story. And the other thing is that there is a ton of event like stuff in the game. There's a, uh, music rhythm based game that you get to play. Um, and, uh, if you do enough of it, you get to get a, an instrument, a lira or a lyre. And, uh, get to uh, just play that like like a piano, like they give you all the notes on the screen so you could actually just like play music in the game in the game now um, there's a bow and arrow kind of like target shooting mini game there's a free falling mini game where you have to like fall through like these hoops and hit these balloon kind of things and then there's also this like mini dungeon that has all these crazy Mario Party events um, that you can play with friends, like there's, they're basically just Mario Party stuff, like um, m- uh, memorizing a path uh, across this uh, area, and if you hit step on the wrong tiles, they fall. And um, one is like just having to dodge all these uh, arrows and stuff on the ground. Like there's, it's cool. There's like, like they they put so right. much effort into this, and they did a really good job with it. All right, that's a long minute. That's a long ass minute. Uh, I've been spending a lot of long minutes playing Valorant, and there was a massive, like, I I would say this is the most impactful patch that Valorant has ever done. Essentially what they did is they took two characters uh, that the community pretty much perceived as being very weak, 
and they rework them in ways where they maintain their identity and are much better. I, I will say, so So the two characters, Viper, who's a smoke character, Yuru, his this very like uh, stealthy teleport character, uh, they did a great job with Viper. Yoru still feels pretty weak. Um, his changes were pretty minimal compared to uh, Viper's. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time in custom games just learning Viper lineups. I have like a, a folder on my computer now where I have screenshots of different places to stand and put my crosshair, and I've circled parts of the uh, pictures as reference points of like, stand here, look at this, shoot here, uh, to line up her abilities. Because she's a nerdy character where essentially uh, you could shoot a Molotov across the map, it'll land on the objective, it'll take people out, and uh, that was a lot of my weekend. And uh, it, it's funny because you go through the trouble of like learning all this stuff similar to the way that you would like a fighting game, right? Like you go through the trouble of learning all this stuff and figuring it out. And then the, the times that you actually get to apply what you've learned are, are so minimal uh, to the amount of times where you actually, uh, you know, <laughs> you spend so much time learning it and not a lot of time getting the opportunity to execute it. And then in the heat of the moment, it's like, oh, shit, finally, it's my opportunity to do the thing that I've learned so much. And you mess it up, you know? I, I mean, Just yeah, I, I, the way I the way you're saying that, yes. But uh, when it does work out, it's usually game winning. Yeah. Yeah, this is I, I totally agree with you. I I, I love Valorant uh, and, I'm, and we're always talking about it. And I think this is the. the the best time uh th this is the best patch that valorant has ever had i think that for the first time i like every map um i'm not frustrated by the maps as much and i i don't know if it has to do with some back end uh doing uh work that they did to do a better job of randomizing the maps i noticed uh this weekend just getting a lot less of that like oh it's Icebox and it's icebox and it's icebox and it's icebox and it's haven and then it's icebox. So th that wasn't happening. Um, definitely making you know the two most like unplayable, uh, useless characters, putting them back into the the light again. I think that uh, Viper is just incredible. It, it's it's crazy that the, this is a game or like you know Counter Strike and these tactical shooters have stuff like smokes, but Viper's whole kit is now based around the fact that like you have to like completely respect the smokes. The big change that they did was that uh, the instant normally the way that she used to work was that while you're standing and any Viper has a traditional um, kind of circular shape shaped smoke. Um, she has two Molotovs and she has a wall of smoke. And the thing that they, the major change that they did was that touching her smoke, it, it used to slowly degrade your armor, then start degrading, degrading your health. And then if you walked out of it, the decay would go away. So you would, you never took damage. You get it all back. Yeah. You, you're just, it's just decaying. But it, because it was so slow, if I rushed through a Viper wall, I decay for two armor, like I, I'm at 148 health, uh, ex essentially. And if I just kill her or whoever is there, then you know, no harm, no foul. I, I get back that those I, I, the decay goes away. I get back the two um, armor that I gave up, and no big deal. But now you lose 50. Um, 
immediately. So that is the equivalent to losing a heavy shield. It puts you at risk of dying to almost any headshot from any gun in the game. Um, And it is like a smoke that has to be completely respected. Like it is not something that you can push through. It's really something that you have to like either wait for the smoke to go down or wait for a better opportunity or just relocate entirely. So making people really afraid of Viper will make that kind of the nerdier stuff to her kit uh, feel worth it, I think. And I I cannot imagine a world in which we don't see her in pro play. And like you said before, too, I think that there's one thing that they need to do for Yoru. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if they'll try and give him a third flash. Um, I feel like they... I I think they need to make it so that... uh, First off, I think his teleport should move faster. He has like this ability where he sends out a little teleport orb. It makes noise. It slowly travels through the map. And then if you activate the ability again, he teleports to it. But usually opponents can like see what you're doing with it. They, they hear it. They see it. Uh, you could play around that because you could send it out and never travel to it. Um, but what I think they have to do is a, a couple of things. I think that it has to move faster. And I, and I think that your ability to activate it needs to be instant so that you can immediately get out of jail free. Yeah, no uh, more animation. Yeah. Because um, as it seems now, it's, uh, you know, you, you're going to get caught, like, trying to use it and get away because, like, it's a big windup. So I, I think they should remove that. Uh, but also, like, he is, like, like, he should be the character who is behind the enemies and they have to constantly be checking their backs. And it's like, Raze is just better at it because Raze can just get behind them like super fast, like create the situation where they instantly have to turn around and like deal with her. But with Yuru, it's like, you you really have to like set up a situation where like there's this ideal thing of like, the enemies aren't paying attention and and somehow I know that they're not paying attention, so I'm putting on my teleport. You're you're at this issue where you're at constant risk because you can't just, like, send your teleport somewhere and then, like, uh, at the perfect moment, I'm going to activate it and I'm going to be over there because they know that it's there. Like, it's so hard to get by it undetected with you knowing that it's... And and that goes back to another issue with Yoru. And once, you know, this won't apply to pro play... But it's impossible to know how much your stuff is working because his abilities are like he's sending this teleport that's that's moving resources of people like have to look at it and have to track where it is. And he has these fake footsteps where maybe if people hear them, they're like sending resources or keeping keeping people in one spot to hold it uh, And you don't know how well you're doing. Like like it's hard to know like arm is my utility being effective? In, in pro play, at the very least, Yori will send out fakes, and us as the spectators will get to see how people react to that. And that'll be fun to watch. But as a player, it's impossible to understand the efficacy of that stuff. Yeah, that is really hard. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, you set up these footsteps before the, the start of the round, and then largely you're going to leave them ar- alone. If you trigger a footstep and a raise throws a boom bot because she thinks she's going to catch an enemy um but if you don't like i get i guess like it it's hard to like that's always good right like it's always good that the raise didn't use it maybe you win that next fight because she didn't and you don't realize it 
it was because of that but it's but it is weird it's like you never more so than like almost any other ability in the game like you never know if if it was doing anything or if you wasted a hundred credits like you don't like it's it's hard to say right um i feel like there's it's i I would also wonder what direction they want to go with them i i feel like there is a very good balance right now for a lot of things they that you know viper is going to be a character that people want i think she'll be an auto pick for both teams and icebox uh because she already was almost and now she's incredible um and i think there's going to be other maps too that 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 she's good on maybe bind um and uh astra also came to the game so there's there there should be more competition for that omen position uh, as far as controllers y- y- there was there's a healthy mix of cypher killjoy so no one needs to worry about that and sage finds herself onto certain maps the one character that i would say has maybe one of the biggest problems with like i and i guess you could probably say that maybe i'm wrong about this is that brimstone, i would right? say jet is mm. well, well brimstone so no no what i mean is like like brimstone yes brimstone still needs something to be special like i i he absolutely needs a little bit more on his kit but either that or the stim beacon is underrated which could be true yeah it, but it's also it's kind of it's somewhat hard to to utilize i noticed but the, the main what i want to want to say was like the character that i think that they most need to introduce is the 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 jet counter is the jet character um not a counter um a character that works similarly to jet where she is like this mobile playmaker and one of the big ways that she ends up getting play at least from the very from from the very beginning of the game one of the big things was jets going for ops and the main reason why was that people could take um dangerous suicide angles with an op and get that trade and then as someone else is pushing which is the whole counter to the op is that if you double peaked on it then one person gets killed with the op and then the next person trades and kills the person with the op because it's so slow but the point of jet is she can dash to cover and like yeah, relocate so what you do is you want yuru to have that instant teleport out and that's yes. insane yeah so that's that's for me that would be the big change like maybe don't think as much about maybe if riot wasn't thinking as much about yoru being teleporting behind people and being like a phoenix um in, in phoenix's position it would be more like trying to get yoru into jet's position and have this thing where maybe defense side picks jet and offense and whoever's going offense first would pick yoru because you get to do these like long like you know throw this teleport out get deep behind sight but also then for uh defensive rounds you get to play as a jet you get to buy an op you get to hold a suicide angle and then warp out if you see anything yeah that could work uh (coughs) we're we're 24 days from another character i wonder what it's gonna be do you think that there's any role that really needs uh it's hard to say at this point Sorry, I've got... Uh, one sec. I feel like controllers are in a good place right now. Uh, Sentinels, there's only three Sentinels. So I, I could possibly see them adding uh, another type of Sentinel. Um, but but it is hard to say because it I, it honestly just feels like they added two new characters to the game when they put in... when they adjusted Viper and, and Yuru got some changes. So your guess is as good as mine, right? Yeah, I guess I could imagine them trying to put someone within that uh killjoy cypher role just to like throw a wrench into that um i, I mean wonder... we have a wind character 
We have an earth character. We have a fire character, an ice character. What else is there? We have like a cosmic character. I Do we have we a like water? A, I mean, well, I guess sage is water, right? We need like a, I think we need like a holy character. You know, a paladin? Something. Oh, they yeah. got to put Bridget in this game and ruin the game. Maybe. Uh, but but then again, what do they do? Put flashes on them? Man. It's a, it is a great time to... And I mean, I, they I, need a samurai, right? They just put in a character with a sword. I, I'm sub- I have... I think I said that in the uh, in the predictions podcast. I really do feel like they're gonna put a character in the game that has a melee, um, just because in the in the grand scheme of things, if you're gonna try and make a character every month, there's gonna be a character that like I could imagine a character that has a melee but also has a dash. So it'd be something like you can start the animation for the melee and then dash. Yeah. Also, at some point, we're gonna get a character with proximity mines, right? So that'll probably be the next sentinel. Yeah, I was. Th- I've been. I've been thinking about how healthy that would be. That actually would be a really fascinating type of character. I think it's. To- it would be totally fine. Yeah, I'm, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I think that is healthy. Like it. It, it would. It, it's a. It's a lot of like an all or nothing, but it could pay off a lot if you step on a mine. I think it would be pretty cool if they made it counterplay wise. Have that similar like. You step over the mine and you hear a click, and if you're quick enough, you can stop and then look down and shoot it. Um, because if you don't move, then it won't go off or something like that. You know what I mean? They could do something like that. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to say. It's in such a good spot. Interesting to to think about how they would how they would execute on that. And I feel I like there's also, also time for a map soon. Because... I also would expect a character uh, with a with a different type of wall. So like maybe a wall that's like one section or like lasts for a shorter amount of time. What if they but created maybe, a character that had a one-way wall? Maybe, but I could also imagine just a character of, like, you're deploying a wall for, like, a couple of seconds, and then the wall is going to go down. So, like, imagine a character that wants to uh, take Garage on Haven, and they can instantly wall off window and then move through before the wall, like, collapses or something. I like I that. Know. And that could be a sentinel. Like they could make a character that has like a proximity mine and that. Come on, Riot, I'm doing your job. Just give me a job. Just hire me. What do you think about the balance right now of guns? Uh, I think it's great. I mean, I am not enthusiastic about the changes to the Bucky uh, because I feel like they just kind of made the Bucky a bit boring. I understand it was powerful, but uh, they, they nerfed the Bucky. Uh, they nerfed its distance. So now it just kind of feels like a shotgun, but weak. And that's fine for the price point. It's fine. Uh, Otherwise, it feels good. I mean, I, what do you think about it? I, I don't love... I mean, I'm not playing at a pro level, so I know that pros say that, like, it's unfortunate that in a pro's hands, that for $900, the versus uh, $2,900, uh, like, there's there's too much value in, in, in that gun. Um, but I would say that one of the things that I like the most about Valorant coming from CSGO is that uh, the guns are all kind of, like, built to be viable, like, situationally viable, and, like, that there's no, like, bad gun. Uh, like, they all have, like, a purpose, and, like, you would go on a map at a certain time. And Bucky was a really clean, like, it, it was very good, and it, it it felt like, for the money, uh, you could do a lot with it. Um, I, I just, like, I really like how often with low money you can really get stuff done in in uh valorant i love how good the classic is uh i yeah. it's it's had some nerfs but like there i i don't know just today um we were playing an icebox game and 
actually today I had, I got a couple like classic versus classic kills versus like vandals. Like I I had a I had a good like flick uh, right click onto a jet that dashed in and had a vandal and just your that that I think should be a hallmark in the game forever. Uh, just your your like if you aim with no money, you can still get a lot of stuff done. Um, yeah. So, so I do think it. I think that gun diversity is like super important. I never want to see a time of Valorant where you buy either uh, a Vandal or a Phantom, and then if you don't buy that or an op or or you're saving. Like, I don't want to ever get to a place where it never makes economic sense to buy anything other than a rifle or an op. Yeah, the Spectre feels good. I feel like the Ares still maybe lacks a, a great place or. There is also the possibility that maybe the Ares is a little underrated. It could be. And then I guess for those types of guns, um, it, it, that's that's on map design. Like, for example, the Odin sees pro play on Ascent. So if... I actually love the Odin. And whenever I pick up the Odin, I do really well. But I just never buy it because it never feels like the right thing to do. It is very good. I feel like it's a, it is underrated. I, I always say that I, I think I, I'm having more fun at Valorant whenever... I'm getting a little wild with my buys because it it's a it's it's a very defeatist thing to always to to always think if I can't full buy I have to save for a full buy because if you you know like light armor Bucky or something like that because the, the the case was like if you're getting light armor Bucky if you killed someone and they bought then you got a rifle out of it so like and that that should always be the case of like you could take these like trades or or set up yeah. like a like a short angle and have like something as dumb as like a shorty and then just kill someone and steal their gun yeah and also shorty amazing weapon with yoru because you can uh shoot off your shorty and then teleport away and that's that's powerful it's a great it's in a, such a great spot i'm very excited um, those are the games I've been gaming. There are some games that, you know, I wish I were playing. I mean, I'd, I might try out the Outriders demo, but it doesn't like I, I it, it's always scary adding another thing to the list. Yeah. Whenever I buy a game, it, it it's fun to try new things, but it also feels like I've created almost a new responsibility in a yeah. way. Like I'm, I, I now have to spend some time on this game, especially for like game. a $60 full buy-in. I don't know. Yeah, it can be fun to it can be like so re- also like sometimes i feel a great relief and just like deleting a game and just being like i'm not even gonna try anymore so with like persona 5 strikers i just got to a point of like i'm not hating this but it's never what i want to be so i'm just gonna remove it you know yeah and, and that is that is liberating oh hell yeah yeah, I'm trying to uh, I, play more of what I what I like to play, but what I like to play yeah. is just Valorant half the time, you know. What I what I haven't gotten rid of yet is Loop Hero. I do want to go back to that. It's so chill, but mostly when I'm chilling these days, I'm just grinding out. I, I've got Monster Hunter to grind. I've got Bravely Default, which is super relaxing. So I just I feel like my bases are covered. I'm gonna start playing uh, No Man's Sky next week. Excited for that. I can't wait uh, to hear yeah. about that. That got that got a recent expedition update. Yeah, with the, which is like a sort of multiplayer thing. So I'm going to be starting up a, a multiplayer game of that with some people. Good things on the horizon. I'm uh, getting my first vaccine shot tomorrow. I'm, I'm getting a, a car soon. So. Nice. And, and you got a cat. I did get a cat. Um, that's been a wild experience uh, so far. I was there the day that you picked up the cat, which is surprising. I know. I, I wish you had gotten to meet him. Um, th- th- this was... 
it was such a cool moment. Uh, the we had gone to a lot of different. But there, the last I think it was was it is it the last episode? My cat passed away um, recently, and the last episode was was ex- incredibly somber. And I we never mentioned it. It wasn't really I don't know. Like I, it's it's not something that you necessarily want to talk about. But uh, but that just put me out of commission for like a month. I just didn't feel like myself at all. And I still miss him so much. Uh, but we were trying to go to uh, shelters because I think one of the most like kind of beautiful, and not in like a in a in this like negative replacing way, but in this more beautiful like space has opened in this home. Kind of so um, maybe I can take uh, a cat that's like scared or just has you know basically all of like two by four feet or whatever in a cage to live in and they have no one that like loves them or treats them like they're special like they're just one of the other shelter cats um and take that cat and give it what this what my cat had um so we were going to a lot of different places and i had very high expectations like i think that for a lot of people who've adopted um they probably know what i'm talking about but there should be something that happens. Like, I think the wrong way to go about adopting is like you see a cat or a dog and you uh, just are like, that. that's the one, give it to me. Um, I'm not going to spend that much time um, with them before adopting them. Like, I just think that they're the cutest and that's what I want. Because I think that that leads to a lot of like, you adopt a small dog, but you also, that might mean also that you're not the kind of person that would put in the legwork to be able to obedience train them and spend a lot of time with them. You're just like, I want this cute dog. I want um, a little teddy bear. And then you don't put in the effort and in the relationship could like kind of be sour and you end up, you know, whatever, taking them back. So I think it, it, it's important to like have a click um, with that, with the animal. Um, we had went to a bunch of different places and I was getting kind of um upset because not only are there so many bizarre covid like uh, uh, but uh, you know understandable covid restrictions but it's just it's so difficult yeah. like like because there already is a lot of shelters have a lot of groundwork you have to do um an initial application you have to have like all this like proof of like id and residency and uh multiple um uh contacts to vouch for you and all this kind of stuff. Then the the COVID stuff was also getting in the way of like, you don't get to spend that much time at shelters. They're not just letting anyone in and it's appointments based and stuff like all these kind of things. So I was trying a lot of places, striking out everywhere. Like, I guess maybe my uh, expectations are too high and I'm never going to find um, like a really special cat. I'm just, I should just get one because like, I wouldn't have thought if maybe if I had seen what ended up being my cat, like he kind of just... He was like a stray and he came to get food a lot. And then he ended up getting a med- having a medical problem that we had to take him to the vet for. And then they were like, this is your cat now, by the way. You should just leave him indoors. So that's how, huh. like, it wasn't like I adopted him on purpose. So I was thinking, like, maybe I should just adopt a cute looking cat and not expect them to, like, do something incredible. But uh, we went, we, I was, I went to a place to see uh, this, this cat that was really cute uh, they were like the only other cat we have right now because we they, a lot of them got adopted recently is that this cat's brother, um, but he's too shy to adopt right now. We're like socializing him because they'd only had both of them for like a week. But the sister was so friendly that you could pick her up and stuff like that. So they put us uh, in a room with the sister and the brother. 
uh, Elmer was the brother and okay. the sister Shirley. So in the beginning, Elmer ran away and hid and Shirley was kind of cute, but she eventually ended up like running away and hiding. And then Elmer kind of came up to me and he was like going into my lap and like he was looking me like directly in the eye, like an inch away from my face, which is something that cats don't do a lot and was just being so sweet. And like he hugged my arm and I was like, wow, this is the most like this. It was what I was looking for, that kind of like they adopt you. A connection. Yeah. yeah. Like, like where it's something where he's a tuxedo cat. And I don't think that would have been my, if I was going to go off of like looks alone, I don't think this would have, that would have been necessarily what I would go to. Um, but, but he just kind of, you know, like won me over in a way that was like, I, I have to like, sure. like, so, but it's been wild. He's way younger. I was looking for more of an one to two year old and he is way younger than I expected him to be. He's uh he's eight months. He's a, uh, he's like very kitten like, um, and he's very new to a lot of things in a weird way that like, I, I guess I'm just not, he's used a screamer. To. He's very loud. Um, and, uh, for example, we've had him for like a, like only five days or so, but the other day he discovered windows for the first time Ooh, and we used to, window. we were putting him in windows, but he would get scared and then run away from them immediately. But then recently, just yesterday, he discovered like sitting in the window and looking out of it. So then what he was doing was running around the house and squawking until I opened up a window and then he'd go in it for like five seconds, then go to a different window. And then he just, now he's just sprinting between windows. <laughs> so he's, that sounds exciting. Yeah. He's having a good time. He's, we're still trying to get used to him. He eats nonstop. He's always hungry and he just eats That's like, cats, right? Yes. Those kittens anyway, they uh, double their weight every four weeks, something like that. Yeah, I, I guess know. so. I, I named him. Um, I, um, I think we're naming him jet. Um, after, both after the fact that he's jet black, which would make sense with my cat's old name, Mont Blanc, um, and uh, Jet from Cowboy Bebop and Jet from Valorant. Wow. So that's a that cat's a gamer. He's a gamer. All or right, well, you know, I got a I got a pee, so okay. let me tell you that this is WTDG podcast. We did a lot of video games this week. Big video games. It's a video game podcast, so that's what we do. Uh, you can find us online, WTDGpodcast.com. Uh, at sign WTDG podcast on Twitter. You could look at us up on Spotify or your favorite streaming service. What's the deal with games where you can follow or like, I don't know, they all have different things you could do. Just just do something, you know? Just do whatever. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for the use of music. We use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube and you can get links to all their merch. I have their shirt. I'm not wearing it right now, but I do have their record as well. I've got the vinyl, yeah. Uh, Ryan Galloway, his new name is uh, Mr. 15,000. I know, but Bumper, if you if you haven't heard this song before, you might soon. I don't uh, know if boy, I'm not oh under boy. NBA, but, you know, hearing some things. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, James. And thank you to the listeners. Then we uh, have a good a- a- exit. We've just been saying, uh, take it sleazy. But there was another one, to, oh, to the Moon. Oh, yeah, to that's, the Moon. That's still something, I guess. That's still something. I'm holding. I'm holding. Nice. Bye.